everyone, this is Kendall from Recording Lounge. We've got a good show today. It is March 5th, 2010. You're listening to the sounds of Darren Flowers. The song is called Good Times, Bad Times. Um, today's show, we're going to talk about a slew of things, but our main topic is mixing on computer speakers. And if you notice my blog on, uh, on the website, my latest blog says, Mixing on computer speakers, is it the new NS10? So we're going to talk about the day. Is it really? Is it even close? Is the NS10 just far superior? Maybe. Maybe not. Um, so we're going to go into discussion about that. All right. So here we go. Today we're talking about computer speakers. Now what do I mean by computer speaker? I'm talking about those simple little two or three inch woofer speakers that people get with computers for free or they go and buy at Walmart or Best Buy for 10 or $20. These are usually not very loud, and they usually are not that great sounding. Um, so that's why we're talking about them. We're talking about them in terms of reference speakers, because a lot of people do use, you know, they listen to music on their computers. If you follow on the blog, you can see that the four things that people seem to listen to, on, listen to music on the most are the car, stereo system, headphones, and computer speakers. Um, computer speakers also including laptops. Sadly, people listen to their music on little tiny one-inch laptop speakers, which sound even worse than computer speakers, which we'll get into that in a second. So, so why are these references important? Well, we need to, if, if we're mixing a song, we need to make sure that the song sounds good, obviously. But we also need to make sure that the song sounds good in different places. Now, many people would consider that a part of mastering, you know, making sure the song sounds good everywhere, including online and cars on different systems. However, that is while that is a part of mastering, there is nothing wrong with presenting a mix that sounds good on all systems. There really isn't. And there's no reason that you shouldn't strive for that. It it's it's a good thing to train your ears by 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 expanding what you listen to. If you only listen on Genelex, if you only listen on event monitors, I mean the expensive ones. The if you listen to KRK um, Exposé eights, I mean really expensive ones. That's great, you know. Have the best, whatever. But in my opinion, the best is never ever even close to consumer quality. I mean, consumer speakers are nowhere near studio monitors. I mean, in terms of accuracy, total harmonic distortion, they're just not even close. While consumer speaker quality is rising and people are wanting better quality things because of the way that, you know, the economy works and how our business environment works, people are producing cheaper speakers. They don't last as long and they don't sound as good because they're using cheaper parts from, you know, from cheaper manufacturers, possibly not made in America. And so basically what you're dealing with is sort of a weird balance of increasing quality and decreasing quality at the same time, increasing in certain ways, decreasing in others. Obviously, I know many of you probably listen to your music in the car. Um, you, you might even do mixes and then take them to the car. Many people find this to be a very reliable resource. However, cars are difficult because you are dealing with sound resonating in a very small space and you're dealing with a bias. 
because you can pump up the bass in a car and you can literally feel it. You can feel it on your left and right. Rarely do people do that unless they're in the car. Rarely do people sit on speakers or sit on something that has speakers in it, sit where their whole body can feel the music. Um, so it kind of gives you this concert effect where you're, like you're at a live show because you can turn up your music really loud. And another thing is that if you drive around, this is an interesting thing, uh, if you drive around and listen, it seems like your songs might have less low end. My only assumption as to why that is is perhaps that the low energy that's being transmitted through the metal is somehow being either blended in with the sound of the road and your ear just kind of doesn't notice it, or it's actually leaving the car faster. Now, that might sound ridiculous, but just try it. Listen to something sitting in your car, just sitting there, and then listen to it driving. It, it, maybe it's just, maybe it's my car, I don't know, but it, for, for me, it seems like there's less low end. Not, not a whole lot, not like it's gone, but it seems like there's just a little bit less low end when you're driving, so be careful of that. Um, the next thing on the list is stereo, a stereo system. Now we're going to get into this in just a little bit when we start talking about the NS10s and the, uh, computer speakers. But what I just want to mention at first is a lot of people will take a CD, listen into it on their stereo. And the problem with stereos is that a lot of them do sound good. Now, a lot of them also sound bad. And so sometimes people's experiences, uh, differ greatly they go onto a stereo the stereo they've had since they were a kid that they, and they're like man this sounds like crap i i i'm i'm so bad at mixing what am i doing wrong and then they'll listen to you know grammy produced gr grammy winning songs that produced by the best recorded at the best studios everything and then they get all upset they get frustrated because their songs don't sound like that i'm I'm, I'm here to debunk some myths about stereo systems one thing that's bad to assume is that stereo speakers are bad to mix on. Now, I'm sure most people have seen the NS10s. I've got some pictures of them up on the blog. They're very popular monitors. They're those black monitors with the white woofer, and you always see them on, in pictures, in videos of studios, in tours. They're everywhere. They really are everywhere. I mean, it's, it's like... On every console, you'll almost see a pair of them sitting up sideways. The original ones are supposed to go sideways, and the other ones aren't really. But that's another that's another story. Um, now, what sucks about these monitors is that they're not made anymore. So on eBay, these things are selling for about six hundred dollars a pair, and they're they're passive. So you have to get a power amp, which could easily be two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars, five hundred, whatever. So you're spending about a thousand bucks a pair on something that was originally probably a hundred, two hundred, including a, an amp, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know when they came out, to be honest. I, I wish I could tell you. But truth of the matter is, these speakers don't sound that good. I've mixed on NS10s, and they really don't sound that good. So why do people use them? Well, they use them because they are a real-world reference, and they might not make the best sounding mix just because the speakers don't sound that good, but they will definitely make a mix that will sound good on other systems. I've mixed on these speakers and what I noticed was as soon as I was done, I just played it on something else and it sounded great. And I thought to myself, huh, well that was simple. What sucks is some people consider these speakers a little harsh sounding 
I, I didn't, at least the pair I was on didn't seem to be that harsh. Um, another time, a lot of times people turn them up too loud. Like one key to, to mixing on NS10s is you can't listen too loudly. If you start listening too loud, it, it, you kind of lose the effect of NS10s, especially if you're working in an untreated room, which is not only a bad idea, but many people in home studios or project studios are working in an untreated control room. And if you listen loudly, that sound is going to be affected more by the room. Uh, or I should say the room is going to affect the sound more. And if you listen quietly, the sound is not traveling around the room with nearly as much power. It's still traveling around, but if you listen quietly in any situation, uh, you can really get a better mix most of the time. Now, if we're talking about Fletcher Munson curves and we're talking about details and that, it's probably a bad idea to mix too quietly. Uh, they say it's like 84 decibels SPL is the best. Uh, now, I, I got an SPL meter just so I can check, and sometimes I do check my mixes at 84. But, uh, you know, it, it's a lot of it's just how you work. Some people work really quietly. Some people work uh, 84 decibels. Um, other people don't even check. They just kind of mix whatever. So anyway, why are people spending thousands of dollars on these NS10 setups? Well, they're classics. Everybody has used them. Some are not everybody, but they're some of the best minds in the music industry that use NS10s as their main monitors. Now, when I say main monitors, I don't mean mains. I mean main monitors mean they spend the most time on them in a mix. Because the NS10s are not mains. They are not something that you should be finding little small details with or really trying to, uh, you know, get the top end or the low end right or even even to monitor the incoming signals. They're not like that really. They're mainly for mixing as a reference. Now, that's why a lot of people are confused when they see NS10s and they get them and I... I they, they're confused on how to use them, really. A lot of people don't understand why, why people have them. Well, so that this starts to bring up the question, why can't you just use any, any stereo speakers? And to be honest, my answer is you probably, can, you probably can. Now, when we're dealing with a real stereo, we're dealing with a passive speaker that's usually 8 ohms and usually gets power from the main, you know, stereo. Well... In audio, we're dealing with active or passive, but that usually aren't dealing with those little speaker wires. We're dealing with XLR cables or TRS cables going into the back of the monitors. Well, not for these. For these, uh, for for stereo speakers, you're either dealing with a, an RCA type cable or you're just dealing with two little wires, positive and negative. So how do you get that into a mixing situation? Well, the simplest solution for this situation is something by a company called Pile. And what it is, is a, it's a mini power amp. Now you always see power amps uh, on Sweetwater, Musician's Friend, or wherever for, you know, hundreds of watts, 100 watts, 200 watts, whatever, for big stereo systems, you know? And, and so you don't just want to have to spend a whole bunch of money. Well, I, f I came across these and the sound quality I'm unsure of at the moment, but all it is is a small power amp that is really perfect for recording because you're not we're not dealing with really loud levels especially with a 5 inch woofer or or a 7 inch we're not we're not pumping up the volume that loud well they've got a product called the mini 2x40 
Uh, also, they have one that has, I think it's called the Mini 275, I don't know, something. Basically, just look up Pile, and you can find them on uh, B&H. You can find them on ProVantage. There's a, bunch, there's a bunch of places that carry them. Well, this is a Mini Power Amp, and I believe the only controls it has are bass treble, pan, and volume. I know there's a headphone jack. And and then it's got your speaker outs, um, and and that's really it. That that it's simple. And I I believe there's also an input. So for recording, this is how we would do it. We would run a cable from our output of our DAW into this, or through a monitor switcher, or for however you've got it. So I run it out, which to an RCA cable, and the RCA cable would go into the pile. And that would split off into to eight ohm regular stereo speakers. And really, I think it's a good idea to try this. I think it's smart because one, the Pile Mini amp is only forty two dollars in most places. And two, it's like if you've got an old stereo system and you think to yourself, "Man, I'd like to check my mix on that." What a pain it is to have to burn a CD or, or run all these line-in jacks, and then you can't really have it up by your console or by your desk or by whatever because it's a stereo, you know? It's, so, so this is something I suggest. It's, it's easy. It's affordable. I mean, you could spend, with the cables and shipping and everything, you could probably spend $60 and get everything you need to get an entirely new set of monitors. And one that's actually a pretty good reference. Now, the old statement that people have said with NS10s is, if you can get it to sound good on NS10s, it'll sound good anywhere. Personally, I believe that's pretty true. Because, as I said, the NS10s are not that amazing of a monitor. I mean, sound quality-wise. But they're amazing with translating mixes. So, in the same situation... You pull off your regular... I mean, the NS10s used to be stereo speakers. That's what they originally were. I remember reading this story about who first used them as mix... I forgot who it was, but basically they, they went to the store. They went to the stereo store and they got NS10s. I mean, what's funny is people see the NS10s and they look like studio monitors. Well, they used to look like consumer speakers, which usually have that kind of mesh sort of a grill cloth over it. Well, if you look at the original NS10s, you can see where they took those off. There's little, there's four little holes where the uh, grill cloth cover used to go. Um, and, you know, if you take those off of a regular old stereo speaker, they kind of look like studio monitors. So me and some friends joke that, oh, you need a new pair of monitors? Just take the grill cloth off, the, off your stereo speakers because that, that, that's visually one of the only differences. So, I encourage you to check out the Pile Mini Amp. Another thing, this is where the meat of the conversation comes. Computer speakers. Now, what's that all about? Well, I was thinking that because the advent of the computer, personal computer, I should say, and the, the growing popularity that it had in the 90s and all the way up to today, it seems like most everybody has listened to music on their computer at some time or another. And in that situation, most people aren't using really nice speakers for their computer. They're either, either using the cheap ones that came with it or they're using something that's probably only $50 or less. 
maybe if they're lucky, they're using like a hundred dollar surround sound system, I guess, you know, but most people are just using something pretty cheap, small woofer, maybe two inches, three inches in diameter. And whose frequency response is probably somewhere in the range of 100 hertz to 16K. Now, while at first it might seem pointless to mix on computer speakers, I know there are a lot of well-respected people that have mixed, that check mixes on computer speakers. I know Charles Dye, who is a really brilliant mixer and just good guy, really, really is, talks about how he mixes on these small little Sony computer speakers. Now, <laughs> I remember hearing an interview with him where he was talking about how when he mentioned on the Project Studio Network that's that, that that is what he used and when he mentioned on just various articles that he used to write that, that those were the computer speakers he used to use, the price on eBay went way up. I mean, and, and, he, and he's like, I bought them for 20 bucks, you know, I mean... And now they're on eBay for, you know, 150 or something stupid or, or 80 I don't know. Now, so the moral of that story is just try something, you know. Just, just go to Walmart and get some. Up on the blog, I posted a pair that I use. They're called Cyber Acoustic CA2012. And, you know, they cost 15 bucks. I went them and got a Walmart. I think the frequency response is 70 to 16K or 70 to 18K. I, I don't know, honestly. Um, they don't sound that great. Now, why? Why, you might ask, you know, because there are people with better systems than this. Well, doesn't it seem logical that if you can get it sound, if you can get your mix to sound good on the worst system you can find, shouldn't it sound good everywhere? Maybe. The theory seems right. Well, I wouldn't suggest getting the worst system you can find, but I definitely would suggest getting a decently poor system like these $15 computer speakers or like an old beat-up, you know, mono radio or something. I, just try stuff. You know, for me, my the way I mix, I've got, I think, five sets of speakers. I've got my 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 studio monitors. I've got these computer speakers. I've got an old Sony... Uh, like boombox from early 90s, really huge. I mean, one of those that takes like 20D batteries. Um, I've also got an iPod dock with a line-in function. One of those things you get for Christmas, you know, and these, and these, you're supposed to put it in your kitchen or something and put your iPod on it and play music, I guess. I don't know. Um, so another thing, another system I have is, is my, uh, and I also have my stereo speakers, and I'm thinking of buying this pile and uh, and trying to see if I can make some makeshift NS10s out of them, you know. One thing that's interesting, like I said, is that you shouldn't try to find the worst system possible. Just try to find something that's limited. Now, what that can help you do is really focus on certain parts of your mix. Not necessarily compression or reverb or effects, but really EQ seems to be the main thing. There's a lot of times when I'm mixing a song and I'll just mix it on my studio monitors, my which are MSP5s, Yamaha MSP5s, and I'll make a mix and it'll sound great, really, really great to me. And then I'll I'll take it to the car and it sounds really boomy or it sounds kind of mid-rangey. And I'm like, huh, okay. Then I'll take it back and I'll mix it again on my computer speakers only, just these $15 computer speakers. 
I take it to the car and it sounds incredible. Then I take it to my studio monitors. It sounds incredible. And so I'm sitting there thinking, okay, did I really drop $500 on this pair of monitors to, to be screwed? I mean, wh what happened? Why, why am I even using these? Why don't I just mix solely on the computer speakers? Let me put it this way. It's all, it's all about, it's all about knowing your equipment. You know, you got to really know your equipment well enough to say, okay, I'm going to mix I'm going to use my monitors for my basic rough mix, volumes, pans, just because I can feel the music. You know, I can turn them up pretty loud. I can feel the music. You get your basic feel for the mix. Then, if you're doing EQ, maybe switch to a reference set, either NS10s or computer speakers or stereo system, and work on the EQs for a while. Now, I wouldn't suggest doing a stereo system by itself. When I say stereo, I'm talking about how we talked about using just the speakers. If you're using like a boombox like I've got or the stereo system, a lot of times those are way enhanced, you know, tons of bass, tons of treble. You can try to put the EQ at flat, but most of the time those things are made to make music sound, you know, deep and bright. Now there's no problem with checking a mix on it, but you shouldn't really mix on it. Small speaker, less, less than five inches in diameter, so at least, you know, the NS10 size or smaller. I like the computer speakers because they're small and so they can't produce a lot of low end. So what I do is I'm mixing mainly my mid-range when I'm using them. I'm mixing from the 100 to 5K, all, you know, low mids, mids, and high mids, and above 5K and below 100. I'm not, I, I can't even hear a whole lot, you know, above, and I can above 5K, but I don't really mess with it a whole lot. And so I'm mainly working on those frequencies. So then afterward... Once I get my mid-range right and it really starts to come together and sound good on these little speakers, I'll switch it back to my mains and mix the low end and mix any top end and adjust compression and, and any other effects that I want to do because I can hear details in those. The point is that you're, you're really allowing yourself to be critical. You're really forcing yourself to say, okay, I'm a consumer, I'm listening to this song, I pull it up on these random computer speakers. What I would suggest doing, though, is if you get a pair of computer speakers or an iPod dock or whatever, run some of your favorite records through them. Run some of the, some really well-respected records through it. Things like uh, the example I gave on the blog was Trains, Drops of Jupiter, the song, and also the record. And My Private Nation's also a great record by them. Both amazing records recorded and mixed in, in Nashville. So incredible. Um, another good band... Uh, to listen to, you know, you basically anybody that's really successful in the industry that you can look up and know they record at the fanciest studios there are, you know, this, those multi-million dollar projects that probably, you know, were recorded with, uh, you know, Pro Tools HD running a console and a Neve console mixed with an SSL 9000 and, and using all you know, if any plugins using, using the best, you know, and so listen to your, listen to those through your, through your computer speakers, listen to how good they probably sound still. And then, cause what happens is I, I remember hearing a friend of mine when I had just started a mix, I was, I was working on it and uh, he was over and, and he said to me, he's like, man, those computer, those speakers sound like crap. And in my mind, 
I thought for a second, yeah, they really do. And then I was thinking, you know what, really? This mix just sounds like crap because I haven't, I haven't really mixed a whole lot of it yet. Um, I haven't done any of the EQs. I had just started to do some compression. And, uh, and so I thought, all right, I got to back up. You know, I got I to back up and, and widen my horizons a little bit because I'm dealing with a situation where I'm faced to say, is it me sucking or is it these speakers sucking? Is it my mix that sucks or is it me or is it these speakers or is it my room? What is it? I have a good feeling that a professionally done mix, I mean really professional, is going to sound good everywhere. That's just, that's just my theory. Might be wrong, but it seems like a really well done mix, professionally done mix with the best gear from the best places is going to sound good everywhere. At least that's the goal. So make it your goal to make your mix sound good everywhere. Make it your goal to pick a random system and make your mix sound great on it. I mean, why shouldn't it? You can't just start blaming stuff on other systems. Oh, that system sucks. So if your mix is good enough, maybe it'd sound good there. I mean, that's well, what's interesting is when you start mixing in the low end on these little tiny speakers. If you mix the low end like you're might like you might be used to, then you won't be able to hear any of it for like kick and bass. At least you won't be able to hear a whole lot of it for kick and bass on these little tiny speakers that don't even go below 100 or 120 or whatever. Um, now I think the ones I'm using go down to 70. I don't know, but there are speakers that um, you know only go up to 100 hertz or, or 120 hertz all the way to to 12k. So you got to be real careful. Sometimes you mix something on there and you're like, oh no, I'll just deal with the low end later. However, listen to those professional mixes again. You can probably hear the bass. You can probably hear the kick just fine. How did they do that? You know, how did they get those? Now I could go into a discussion and I'm going to in another podcast about low end mixing only, just low end mixing. And it's because we're talking about things like harmonics and uh, as some people say, uh, the phantom fundamental or, or whatever you might, you know, the ghost fundamental is some, it's a note that it's a, it's a trick cause it's not really that low. It's a harmonic of the, of the fundamental. And, but for now, just think of your, just think of this. I mean, spend 15 bucks, go to walmart.com, buy these 2012s and just try them. You know, it, what's it going to hurt? You just plug them up, try to do a mix completely on them and see what you learn. I really urge you to do so. All right, that's our show for today, guys. We'll be back soon with another show with a amp review, actually. There's a new amp that I purchased that's on its way to me. It's not here yet, but it's by a company called Reason, and these amps are just really, really cool. It's a small company out of Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri, I think, and they're all made to order, so... You know, and they're handmade by just a few guys. I really think there's only, you know, less than 10 guys working there. I I, I don't know. That might be totally wrong, but it, it doesn't seem like there's many people working there. And they make this cool amp called a Bambino. They have it in a combo, and they also have it in a separate head and cab form. Well, this amp is just really cool. It's uh, it's only 8 watts with a 2-watt switch also, but it, to me, is the perfect studio amp. And we'll get into more of that next show, so I'm just giving you a little preview. 
and the app is coming, so I want to wait and so I can actually use it and record it and do demos on the on the show. If you need to contact me, you can email me at recordingloungepodcast at gmail.com or you can go check out the blog at recordinglounge.blogspot.com. Leave comments, send me messages, ask any questions you want. If you need help finding new gear, if you have questions about things, you know, I love talking about this. Don't feel like you're going to offend me. Don't feel like, oh, you know, I shouldn't talk. He's just going to think I'm annoying. No, not annoying. I want to talk about it. I want to help people. That's why the podcast exists. So let me know if you got questions or requests for new shows, and I will see you guys soon. Bye.